Insecure and Collectivist, a recipe for intense pain. Hey everyone, I'm your host Shada Sheikh Al-Islam and today I will be talking to you about an interesting research done by Dizifa Kuwabu on the impact of attachment and culture on grief intensity during bereavement. Before we start, I think it's important to discuss why this paper in particular is relevant to us and the current climate. As you all know, we are still experiencing a pandemic and there is no one country that hasn't been affected by COVID-19 in one way or another. There have been about 174 million cases of infection with over 3.7 million deaths globally since the start of the pandemic. So it is really evident that many communities have been hit hard by this virus and that many people have endured pain due to the loss of a loved one. And Kuwawa's research tries to draw attention to different cultures and attachment styles and how they can influence the intensity of grief felt by populations. For her study, she divides culture into two types of individualistic, where people are mostly focusing on their own self-benefit and consider their personal attributes as their defining features, and collectivistic cultures, where people are interdependent and define themselves by their relationships with others. Individualist cultures are mostly common in modern industrialized Western countries, such as America, while collectivist cultures are mostly found in Asian and African countries, such as India and China. Attachment styles explain one's willingness to seek closeness to others. It's shaped by the relationship a child has with their caregiver during childhood and can affect that child's future relationships. Kuwawu predicted that people who are high in attachment anxiety, which is characterized by excessive need for closeness and fear of abandonment, will experience more intense grief in collectivist cultures compared to individualists. Her reasoning behind this prediction was that since collectivist people use others to define themselves, when they lose someone who is a part of their close in-group, they feel more intense pain as that would also mean losing a part of themselves. The way she conducted her experiment was that she recruited a total of 354 participants, 106 being from Spain, which is an individualistic country, 101 from Ghana, and 147 from Iran. The last two countries are considered collectivists. The main requirement for entering the study was being at least 18 years old and having had lost a loved one in the past three years. The average age of participants in the collectivist and individualist countries were 30 and 39 years, respectively. She asked the participants to complete two sets of online questionnaires in their native language. The first was a 12-item experience in close relationships questionnaire that used the Likert scale from 1, strongly disagree, to 7, strongly agree, to assess levels of attachment anxiety. I don't feel comfortable opening up to romantic partners is an example of the type of statements participants had to rate their agreement with. 
The second tool used was the 19-item inventory of complicated grief scale, which rates the frequency of one's experiences with grief symptoms from zero, never, to four, always. An example of statements used would be, I feel drawn to places and things associated with the person who died. The survey was distributed through social media and participants were asked to sign a consent form before starting the questionnaires. The form mentioned that participation was anonymous and voluntary and that individuals could stop at any time if they started to feel distressed. After collecting this data, she conducted multiple statistical tests to analyze whether her findings held any significance. And indeed, they did. She found that on average, the collectivist group was about 1.5 times higher in attachment anxiety scores than the individualist group. She also noted that between participants who were high on attachment anxiety, the ones that were from collectivist cultures experienced significantly more frequent and intense grieving patterns, which she explains may be due to the nature of their culture. Since collectivists put a high value on relationships and use other people to pretty much define the self, it makes sense for them to feel a more intense sadness when they lose a loved one. Now we would like to bring your attention to another study by Melissa Moiser that examines a similar yet distinct topic. Melissa used data collected through a crowdsourced survey from April to May of 2020 to compare the mental health of visible minority groups to non-visible minorities, excluding indigenous people, during the pandemic. Although at first glance this may not seem related to Kuwawu's research, the minority groups in this study, such as South Asians, Filipinos, and Arabs, are collectivists while the white non-minorities are individualists. So in a way, these two cultures are also being compared in her study. Additionally, worse mental states can be linked to more intense and frequent emotional pain. It is important to keep in mind, however, that the data gathered from her experiment do not represent the exact same variables as Kawabu's, and hence should be taken with a grain of salt but it is still beneficial to examine her findings for possible correlations. So after collecting self-reports from around 46,000 Canadians and analyzing them, Melissa found that visible minority groups had noticeably worse mental health during the pandemic. They were 1.2 times more likely to rate their mental health as poor and report symptoms related to moderate or severe generalized anxiety disorder. Generalized anxiety disorder is a condition characterized by a pattern of frequent and persistent worry and excessive anxiety about several events and activities. The consistent worrying should cause distress and impairment for an individual to be diagnosed with this disorder. To relate these findings back to Kuwabu's study, we can say that there seems to be a trend with collectivist cultures and more intense emotional suffering though that statement still needs a lot more in-depth research to back up.
Unfortunately, Kawabu's study was not free of limitations. As she mentioned in her paper, her use of two collectivists and one individualist countries made her sample lack equal representation, which further could have affected her results in ways that she did not know and couldn't account for. She suggested solving this problem by conducting this research in multiple countries from both cultures and recruiting a more proportionate sample. Additionally, since the original questionnaires were changed to fit the native language of the three countries, some degree of reliability was lost in translation. This also could have possibly affected her results. More reliable instruments should be used for future research. We are slowly approaching the end of this episode, so I would like to take the time left to go over some very significant implications that Kuwabu's findings have for the world and the field of psychology. As we all know, grieving rates have been very high lately due to deaths caused by the pandemic. And since there is a risk of health and psychological difficulties associated with grieving, such as increased chance of mortality, depression, and somatization, it is essential to study how bereavement intensity could differ in distinct cultures and regions of the world. Knowing these differences can help psychologists come up with better counseling strategies. Social service workers in multicultural countries such as Canada, where there is an integration of people from both collectivist and individualist cultures, can specially benefit from this data as it can help them assess the extent to which each individual is in need of assistance and in what ways. For example, since Kuwabu found that collectivist individuals who are high in attachment anxiety experience a more severe grief, therapists can be mindful not to follow the same treatment plans for all clients. They can adjust their strategy and recommendations for each patient to their respective cultures. Politicians in charge of enforcing new laws regarding lockdowns and stay-at-home orders can take into account the psychological and emotional significance of gatherings for people who conform to a collectivist culture. They should work toward balancing losses and if long and excessive lockdowns result in higher suicide and depression rates, then maybe more lenient policies should be put in place. Moreover, Kuawa's findings can help with reducing errors and confounding variables in other future studies that deal with emotions of participants from a diverse sampling pool. It also paves the way for further research on populations other than weird, which stands for Western, Educated, Industrialized, Rich, and Democratic. By conducting experiments in non-Western countries, a broader and more diverse range of participants are introduced into the sample pool, which increases the generalizability of research findings. And with that, I would like to thank you for sticking around until the end of this episode. I hope you found this topic interesting and took something with you from Kawawa's experiment. Have a great day and goodbye.